From Tally to Cali, it's time to wake up. Warchant.com is your ultimate seminal sports source. And this is Wake Up Warchant, presented by Corner Pocket Bar and Grill. One more, now here's Warchant.com's ass on Hunch of Andy and Corey Clark. Wake up! What is up, everybody? It's Wake Up Warchant, presented by the Corner Pocket Bar and Grill. Coming up on today's show, inferior opponent, superior performance. Squaring up Florida State's mauling of a woeful wake, plus... Hard not to look ahead when you realize what Florida State is and what's remaining on the schedule. And Clemson, not looking great for Dabo. Wake up, War Champs, and by the Corner Pocket Bar and Grill, Tallahassee, Florida, cptallybar.com, the website, 2475 Appalachie Parkway, the physical address. Go hang out there every day of the week for your lunch. They'll have a special waiting for you from 11 a.m. to 3 p.m. on Mondays. Victory Burger. Keep it going, everybody. Half-pound Black Angus Burger includes lettuce, tomato, onion, and pickle. And a side dish of your choice, which includes either straight fries or curly fries, onion rings, potato salad, coleslaw, broccoli, side salad, tater tots, or freshly cooked potato chips. Usually $11.99, but on Mondays from 11 a.m. to 3 p.m., $8.99. Great value, everybody. We're all about value here on the program. Check out the Corner Pocket Bar and Grill. Don't forget, tomorrow, trivia night, 7 p.m., sharp. Compete. Win. Climb. Warchant.com, your ultimate symbol sports source. Thumbs up, five-star rating and review. Certainly would appreciate that. I appreciate you all folks being here. Let's bring the dude in himself uh, back from a victorious weekend mm. in the snake pit that you, the, the former snake pit, now annexed property of Florida State football, Winston-Salem. What is the name of the stadium now? A leisure? I don't even know the name of the stadium. It's it's whatever it is. It's now belongs to Florida State. A, a legacy. A legacy. Sorry. A legacy. There you go. I couldn't remember that either. I was like, what does that even mean? I assume that's a business, but <laughs> yeah. I've never even heard of it. Uh, 41-16 win. Uh, but how was it, Corey? And how are you? Uh, it was a beautiful day. Uh, not just what happened on the field, but just, you know, it was a beautiful fall. Actually a little warm mm. in North Carolina for late October, but not a cloud in the sky. Half the stadium was garnet. Um, it was, uh, it was a pretty cool, it was a pretty cool day. Usually noon games at wake aren't something that like stay with you for a long time, but I feel like that game and that just the environment and what the Florida state fans, uh, how many showed up and showed out. I, that's, that was a really cool environment, which you don't usually say that about, uh, a legacy elite. What'd you, what would you call it? A, a legacy. Le- a legacy. They're a credit a union legacy stadium. They're a credit union, apparently, which is good. Yeah, don't give your money to the big banks, everybody. Find right. something small and mom and popish. I think. That's their they... baseball stadium is Truist Park still, though. Oh, well. So they're, they're, they're covering all their bases hedging. at Wake Forest. Well, they have to, right? Their, their future is very precipitous with what might happen mm. in realignment. But yeah, that's right. another show for another day. Um, you could hear the war chant on the TV feed, uh, which I, wa- I was watching the game with my brother and his, some of his buddies back home. What what's like? Have you ever seen that stadium that overwhelmingly pro Florida State? It's it almost seemed like it was a coordinated effort just to to shock and awe the deep. Yeah, it was it was nuts. No, I have not. Um, I wrote about that in the column that uh, still should be on the website. It's a couple days old by the time you're listening to this, but uh, you, you could still read it. Yeah, that that you know I've been going to this stadium since '07, I guess, um, and '08, and I've never um, I've never seen anything close to that, even in '13. Um, it wasn't anything like that. Like it was just the whole side of this. It, it reminded me of Georgia, Florida, mm. where one stadium was wearing black or disguised as empty seats. And the other side of the stadium is uh, is wearing garnet. And it was all garnet. And Norvell was kind of funny 
when I asked him about it, he's like, you know, he goes in pregame we looked out, and we're like, man, there's sort of a lot of garnet here. This is going to be interesting. And then he didn't really finish the thought, but I think the the what we're supposed to uh, assume he was thinking was like, man, this is going to be interesting. Like, are we going to have half this crowd? Mm. Is this half the crowd going to be ours? And it was. It was uh, the in the Wake students – Ones that did show up all left at halftime with good reason. Um, so it was a it was a predominant, very vocal, very pro Florida State crowd, which is cool to see on the road. Yeah. I think fairly or unfairly, Kirk Herbstreit kind of got uh, the wrath. I guess Pat McAfee's getting the wrath now from the the ESPN contingent of the, or the the Florida State Twitter folks that represents ESPN. But you know, I, I think he just kind of threw Florida State out there for a upset alert. You know, some people thought maybe the game would be a little bit closer. Then, you know, right. the spread at the 20 and a half points. It wasn't beautiful in the first quarter, but it ended up being beautiful in the first half because of the way they kind of dominated in the second uh, quarter there. But no Johnny Wilson. Trey Benson, you know, reasserts himself. Keon Coleman remains problematic. I think tight ends combined for eight catches on the day. Um, what are some of the key moments, I guess, from that game that stand out to you that, that led to that convincing 41-16 thrashing? Well, look, first I'll get the bad stuff out of the way in that, um, you know, they scored on their first drive, which was awesome. They were pretty lucky. Uh, like Jordan's second throw maybe should have been intercepted. Um, Keon slipped, and he, I'd seen him slip in warm-ups. He and Kentron both were slipping a good bit in warm-ups, and he slips on an end cut and kind of loses his footing in the in the DB that's right there. It's, a, it's an interception where he catches it at the 45 and probably returns it uh, inside the 20, and he dropped it. And it's always good to get breaks like that. That's a break. Uh, it wasn't a bad throw by Jordan necessarily, but it was a break that when your receiver slipped, the kid didn't intercept it. And then they also fumbled in exchange. Yes. Um, yeah. In the in the wake red zone, and Jordan was able to, to fall on that. They've been pretty lucky so far, knock on wood, with, with recovering fumbles. And they've had, I think they've had four turnovers all year, uh, which is incredible through eight games. But other than that, man, I just thought I thought the offense uh, looked really good. I, I thought the running game, although it didn't put up big numbers, I thought there was a lot of three and four yard runs that were just so close to being 12 and 15 yard runs. Like there were holes there. You saw Wake Forest get moved off the ball, I thought, on mm -hmm. offense. And then obviously what the defense did, they had no real chance. Like that kid just, you know, he they couldn't protect them. They, it, it looked like an old Florida State defensive line from the 90s when one of these ACC quarterbacks would take a drop back and he's being swarmed under by nine guys by the time he looks up. It felt like that at times. With the, it was just a big mismatch with the Florida State defensive line versus their offensive line. But I thought, uh, I thought Jordan was exceptional. I thought he was great. I thought he used his legs the way – we all want him to use his legs, right? Like it wasn't a bunch of read options. It wasn't a it wasn't a seventy yard run, but he had I think two or three um, first down runs, scrambling up the middle. Um, and he's apparently they're never going to call people for hitting him when he's sliding. That's just not going to happen. But um, I, and he had the touchdown run on third and goal from the twelve. Like that's the stuff that he does that we haven't seen a ton of this year. That makes him next level and makes this offense next level because. Look, he ran. I think he only totaled 29 yards rushing, but he lost like he lost five on the uh, on the fumble recovery, and then he lost 12 on that crazy sack right before the last touchdown, where his knee was down when he was trying to yeah. throw it away. Yeah. Other than that, he ran for about 45 yards and a touchdown, which is exactly in like f three or four first downs total. That's exactly what you're looking out of, uh, looking for out of his legs, because golly, he threw some incredible passes. 
the one to Morlock down the seam, which I think, yeah, it's on their last touchdown drive. It gets them inside the 10. That's maybe the best throw of his career. That is an unbelievable throw. He is not open. He's not wide open anyway. And he just drops it over the DB right into Morlock's hands inside the 10. He made another great throw to Ja'Kai on a similar type throw in the middle of the field going the other way. And just, you know, Dave Clawson said as much after the game. He's like, he's a Heisman candidate. He's one of the best in the country. He should be right there in the middle of the Heisman race. And he is not lying. Uh, Jordan Travis, at least through eight games, has been very good. And I feel like the last couple, he's raised it up a notch and he's been elite. That was that was really impressive what he did on Saturday. I thought you said you were going to get the bad out of the way. They didn't sound like anything bad. They're, well, the bad about the almost interception. No, I got. You. I was talking about the very the, the mm. bad to start the game where they got a little lucky to score on that first possession. There was nothing lucky about the end result or the way offense putting up 530 yards of offense, but they were a little lucky to avoid a turnover there on that first drive. Yeah, it was wild. You know, watching the game. I'm, with my brother, I almost felt like you were there. And there's the, the screen pass to Rodney uh, that, you know, Rodney probably could have broke for a touchdown. But yeah. like a, my brother's like, come on, don't let that take you down. And I'm like, oh, yeah. man, like if you only knew. I'm like, that's just like Corey's whole mantra. I, I was saying it as your brother was saying yeah. it. It's like, come on, Rodney, man, that's got to be that should have been six. You're too good a player to, to let that to, to get tripped up right there. Yeah, but you know, my, it's the second quarter. I think it's, you know, it's 17 to seven. Um, you know, my brother's kind of quibbling a little about the offense. He's like, man, it's like these first drives, like we look so good. But then after that, for whatever reason, we just kind of, you know, sputter out for a little bit and they're like driving to make it 24 to seven. I'm like, Hey man, I'm they're probably going to still end up scoring 30 points in this half. And it might not feel like a clean flawless half. And, and we should stop hunting flawless and perfect. It's just, it's not going to happen. Everybody just, you know. You're going to punt the ball. It happens. But right. it, it was crazy to see maybe a couple inefficient drives in that first half. But still, this team able against a capable team, I mean, statistically, defensively, quite solid, put 31 points on them in one half on the road. Um, while there were upsets and other teams that struggled throughout the year. I just, what do we continue to, what does this all come back to? The fact that, you know, they're able to maybe have maddening moments, but ultimately look dominating continually week in and week out well it's what we and Clawson was saying this uh during the week uh before the game he's like what do you take away like you you can't if you take away something they're good enough in the other thing to exploit you and so if you do double cover Keon Coleman all right yeah you probably should have especially on the little just catch the snap and throw it to him at the oh, line of scrimmage. I mean what were they doing there give but, you guys a but shot that was, that was a ridiculous defense <laughs> and and Jordan Travis even laughed about it. it's like yeah I was really confused there by that coverage but um you know you double him that's great then what do you do with Jaheim hmm. and you know typically you have Johnny Wilson you didn't today but Portier made a really nice catch down the sideline and made the play of his life on the touchdown that was called hmm. back um, I mean, that's a great catch. I, I think that could do for his confidence what that kick return did for uh, Deuce's confidence. Like, that was such a big-time play. It didn't count, but, man, what a what a snare, snag that was. Um, but, there, you know, and then, okay, you take away some of the running game. Well, then you have the screens game off that. And Unfair. It's just, Unfair yeah, what they, they're they doing They got a lot that. of stuff. They got a lot of stuff to use. Um, you know, it, they, they're coached well on offense, so they're schemed up well. But on top of that, they have elite talent at certain positions where it's just like, what, 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 what can you take away? And look, man, they they sputtered around a little bit in the second quarter. Well, one of them was 
you had a hold, which I think was the right call. I never saw the replay. I never saw the full replay, but the call on Roddick, I think he did kind of spin him um, on the on the sixty yard touchdown to Contron. But the OPI on Keon's just nonsense. Yeah, he's, that was he's kind bad. of the guy grabs him and and Keon just kind of uh, stumbles into a break, and then it's a twenty five yard pass that doesn't count. Which you you go from a touchdown and then uh, a first third down, and thirty five, yeah. To a third thirty-eight, like that. That you know, you the game. You know, you're about to take the game over them. But I, I was really, really um, pleased with the way they finished the half because that is something that they haven't been great at. Um, they scored, what did they score like? They scored seventeen points in the first in the last five minutes, or four, six minutes, something like that, including ten in the last ninety seconds. Like, that was really good to see. Uh, they completely overwhelmed Wake, and when they had a chance to put the game away there in that second quarter, they took advantage and throttled them. And then the game was over. I know it got – the third quarter left a little bit – a lot to be desired, but you were up 34-7, to I get it. But, man, when they had a chance to take the game over and put them away, that's exactly what they did at the tail end of the second half. And they sent everybody home so they could – all the Wake Forest fans could go enjoy the rest of their Saturday because it was a beautiful day. Yeah, I mean, the screen pass, we'll, we'll probably talk to Coach Atkins about that later today at the press conference, but um, everything, it's not even so much like personnel, right? When you talk about what you want to take away, I mean, we're talking about you know, Keon, you want to double Keon, do you want to, do you want to chip or do you want to put a guy in front of uh, Jaheim? Do you want yeah. to sell out to stop the run? But it's it's also like, t- to your point about them being well coached on offense, just schematically everything that seems to be Leading up to something, something that's getting set up, it just seems to work out flawlessly. And listen, I don't know if Trey Benson busts off an 80-yard touchdown against name whatever team is ranked ahead of Florida State or maybe a spot or two below Florida State, uh, but he still would have got 25, 30 yards on that play. Uh, mm. You know, Rodney's was a successful uh, screenplay. Just the the depth, the level, the layering of the throws that we're seeing from Jordan now, him running the ball. Like, are we now starting to see maybe the, the turn? We're, we're maybe not going to get that perfect game out of Florida State, but now they're starting to look like that level of dominance they had last year to close out the season. Or am I am yeah, I? Yeah, I would say ghosts? starting since the uh, you know I mentioned on the the war, the the wrap after the game about um, the second half the the Clemson game they've been dominant, and I would go a step further and say really dominant like. Maybe maybe as dominant as any team in the country since the kickoff return against Virginia Tech. Since 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 Virginia Tech returned that kickoff for a touchdown, they what they go they they went fifty eight to three over their next five quarters. Hmm. Then what is that ninety one to twenty three if you include Duke and then this game. So you're talking about one hundred thirty to I don't know forty in the course of three and a half games. And I know these teams aren't as good as Florida State, but again, I just want you to look around. The teams don't win like this all the time. And this is really every game but Clemson. And even Clemson, they finish on a 24-7 to run. But every game but Clemson, and this includes Boston College because they went on a 28-0 run against Boston College, where they just completely take over a game overwhelm and clamp down a game. Yeah. They overwhelm them on yeah. both sides of the ball. That's And, and Clawson said that after the game, too. He said, this is a complete team as we've faced all year, which is like, well, yeah, man, no duh. But it, it's true. Like, special teams, um, Fitzgerald finally missed one. If you're going to miss one, yeah, get it fine. out of the way. Yeah, it's cool. It's when wrong. you're up by 20-something points. Um and, and there's, whatever, 18 minutes to go in the game. That's a perfect time to miss. Let that be your last one. Master Mono, who I didn't think had a great day for him, 
still makes one of the biggest plays of the game where he punts him down at the one-yard line. Yep. Yep. Uh, Deuce has a big return, again, when he comes out from the five yards deep. It almost busts that one. Keon Coleman caught everything and had a couple of nice returns for 10, 15 yards. Those are extra first downs. They're just and they're not allowing any returns. The special teams have been very good. And then look at the defense, man. I mean, again, you look around and there are stretches in every game where you're like, yeah, this doesn't feel great. This doesn't look good at all. Ugh, this is kind of gross. And then you look up and you're like, okay, they had 200 yards of offense and 16 points. And they had seven when it mattered. They had 70 yards in the first half. 51 was on one play. Uh, you know, that that yeah. just other than that, they completely, uh, you know, just suffocated that offense. Didn't give them any chance. Didn't give them any room, reason for hope, which is always a good thing. Didn't give them any hope. That's always a good thing. So I was I was really impressed with the defense yet again. Um, and then the, the offense is just we know what the offense is. But when we came into the season, you knew you were going to be good to great on offense. You knew you were probably going to be pretty good on special teams. You didn't know about the defense. Well, again, I will keep saying this. If the defense keeps giving performances like this, and I know the competition will ramp up here soon, uh, maybe not this week with that offense you're about to face, but um, you know, they're good. you're good enough to get in the playoff. You're good enough to be playing a meaningful, meaningful game in late December because this defense – is uh, I, I was just really, really encouraged by what I saw uh, from the defense. L- literally, the 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 all of the last two, three games, other than the uh, the fifty yard run that Duke had, which was you know there was a hold that wasn't called, and Cypress took a horrible angle. Other than that, I've loved what I've seen from the defense now for uh, going the better part of a month, month and a half. Vitaminenergy.com promo code WordChampBogo. Buy one, get one free when you use that promo code over at vitaminenergy.com. Any item of equal or lesser value for first-time customers. Uh, the extra strength variety now being prominently featured on the website. little green tea extract in there. In addition to your 260 milligrams of all-natural caffeine and absolutely no sugar. So there's no sugar crash, no jitters. No one likes the jitters when they're taking their caffeine. Gluten-free, always non-GMO, made in America. It's kosher, it's vegan. That's all the good stuff. It is energy with benefits all in one little 1.93 ounce bottle. Go to vitaminenergy.com. Again, use that promo code WARCHAMP. Buy one and get one free. Um, as it stands, it's $2.50 a bottle, which is crazy. I was at a, I was at a very large establishment uh, convenience store, Corey, on Sunday, and I noticed they had our competitor there that only gives you like five, of the, five hours of the, the juice. And it was like four bucks for a bottle. Well, oh. it's it's two fifty for vitamin energy, and yep. there's actually vitamins in this stuff. But then you buy one to get one free, so it goes down to a buck twenty five per shot. What are you waiting for, everybody? Value, energy, benefits, vitamins. Vitaminenergy.com. Shake it and take it. Use that promo code WarchampBogo. Warchamp B O G O. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Shall we expand a little bit on the defense, Corey? Uh, I mean, you set up really well uh, before we went there into break, but just... 
what I'm also kind of struggling with here a little bit, Corey, too, is listen, man, you play the schedule that you're given. I know a lot of people like are poo-pooing on Michigan for the whole espionage, sign, whatever scandal. I don't like calling it sign stealing because everybody's admitted like you're okay stealing signs, but it's just the way that Michigan has gone about doing that is not kosher, but I digress. I mean, you play the schedule that you have. That Wake Forest team looked woeful to me. I don't want that to take away at all from what Florida State did because it's much in the same way last year, other teams around the country were not doing what Florida State was doing to their opposition. But that slow mesh, it's tricky. It it, it gives people problems. I mean, their offense hasn't been prolific on the year, Wake Forest. But just to physically, I guess, manhandle them up front the way that you did, uh, the very few times Griffiths did have time to throw to a receiver, but nobody was open. Um, how do you kind of grade Florida State's effort and performance against a team that you know might physically physically is not on the same level as Florida State and had a quarterback that was benched for you know uh, poor performance earlier in the season. How do yeah, we square no, I, it? Up? I, yeah, I, I thought they were you know I thought they were great. I, I thought they were as good as could be, you you could want them to be. Um, you know, look if you look at their, uh, their their scoring drives, they had the fifty yard run, which was which was a nice play. It was well blocked. Yeah. Um, but kudos to Hussey and Deloach for running them out. But they. They then you give up the, the 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 really the only pass you gave up when it mattered was that pass on their first drive where somehow he gets opened by the two yard line he just gets in between the safety of the corner I don't know it was it looked like a bust yeah. um they, they still they still had him you know he still had to score three plays later um on a end around so I just thought. You did exactly what you were supposed to do. This was a team that gave up a ton of tackles for loss, and you know what you did? You got a lot of tackles for loss. They had tackles that struggled with good defensive ends. Well, your good defensive ends completely annihilated them, which is what you wanted. Which is what you wanted to see in the in the nine points they scored in the third quarter. You know, I, you know, I, I'm not saying again. I'm not saying there were bad calls, although we knew what, what we knew what was going to happen going into that game. But you know, you get two horse collars. DJ Lundy gets flagged for tackling them too hard. I guess after the whistle or when the when the play was already thought to be done. So they got 45 yards on those drives just from – and they were like – you know, Byron Turner slings a guy down in the backfield by, I guess, his collar, which is like that's going to be second and 13, and the drive is over. Well, now they got the ball midfield, and you did that twice, and you also had the Lundy penalty. So, um, you know, the, the, the dumb penalties or the penalties that were called, I guess, other than that, um, and you had a you had a, a DPI on Shaheen Brown. They had six. Their offense had 60 yards, I think, in Florida State penalties. Um, other than that, I just thought your defensive line completely did what it was supposed to do. It completely annihilated a bad offensive line. Which you know, what else can you they do on uh, on this particular Saturday? You know, they they held them to seven points and 70 yards in the first half, which is exactly what you need um, against an overmatched team. So you know what I'm saying? It was like a mature, business-like. Take care of business. Don't let them get any hope or feel good about themselves where this can be a game. And now it got a little bit dicey, I guess, in the third quarter. But when Fisk makes nah. the tackle on the two-point conversion no. and there's still three scores ahead, you're like, okay, that's a wrap. They're not scoring 35 points. You're in good shape. Just don't turn the ball over. And, and they didn't. And then they put the game away with the with the Benson touchdown run. Man, I, I, I thought the defense really for two weeks in a row, although it's been uh, against bad offenses, clearly – very bad offenses. They they still dominated them. 
They dominated. They gave up less than 250 yards in each game. And when your front-line starters are out there, they gave up almost nothing. And, by the way, kudos to them. I'm not taking credit for this, but they did rotate the defensive ends in, a, in more of a, a fashion that made sense. Like, have Peyton and Turner out there. Have Edmund and Verse out there together. Don't quit subbing in the two at the time. I thought that helped. I thought always having one of your star defensive ends out on the field with a guy that's not as good made more sense than having both of your guys that aren't as good uh, out there at the same time. I thought that paid dividends. I just thought the whole defensive line uh, played very, very well, which it should have against a, a line that could not block them. Yeah. Now, is it going to play that well against Miami or Florida or whoever you see in the ACC championship game? Probably not. Like I said, after this week, uh, the the uh, the uh, the opponent ramps up. The offenses that you're going to face ramp up. But what else can you ask him to do other than dominate overmatched offenses? And I thought they did that two weeks in a row. And I'm starting to wonder. Listen, it's such a this season, such a week to week thing. Uh, we've we've talked about it. Um, you know, Miami has talent, but I don't think they're nearly coached well enough to be able to keep up with Florida State and not take the cheese on screen screen passes that this offense sets up. And um, I think the coverage holds up well enough that a guy like Tyler Van Dyke that hasn't been all that great in his decision-making or his accuracy is not going to be able to protect the ball enough in 60 minutes. So not to say the Florida State is going to run away with those games, but I'm, I'm not nearly as concerned maybe as I was a week ago, uh, you know, kind of seeing the way that Miami played, obviously the way it's the weird. Florida... It will, we'll talk about it when we get to that game after this one, but it's like, man – but there's always the worry. It's like facing a basketball team or a basketball shooter, like a really good shooter or a guy that's proven he can be a good shooter that's like three of his last 19 from three. And you're like, man, just don't get hot against us. Right. Don't get on one of the – like J, don't get J.R. Smith hot on us where all of a sudden you're throwing in hooks from – like there, there is that potential with Van Dyke, right? Like he reminds me kind of a streaky shooter where, right. man, he if he gets hot, if he starts getting hot – he can make it really, really hard for you. Um, but that's what, you know what I mean? Like, he has not been good at all. I didn't think he was good in that game on Saturday. I thought they were fortunate to win that game. Um, and their offense has been very, un, um, it's just been subpar. A lot uh, a lot underperforming of what I, a lot more underperforming than what, what I thought it would be. But it's in there. He could light you up. They do have dudes that can make plays. He does have good receivers, but they just have not been able to put it together yet. But they, I guess my point is they have the potential to go make plays. They have receivers that can beat you deep. They have some good running backs, and they have a good offensive line, and he's a guy that can get hot. He's streaky. Pitt, North Alabama, it's you. the, the defense will have to play horribly for them uh, to give up a lot of points and yards to Pitt. Miami, even if you play well, they could still score some points on you. Does that make sense? Yeah. I think they I mean, got a little more talent, a lot more talent, actually. I don't disagree with that. I mean, like, Miami is capable of beating you. I don't think Wake Forest, I don't think Pitt, Syracuse, um, right. Virginia Tech, I don't think they were capable of beating Florida State. And, and that would go back to the point of you know, us talking about, listen, you know, if Florida State doesn't play like their C football game, they could, they could lose to any team left on the schedule. Uh, we were there at some point a few weeks ago. Like, I think even if Florida State plays a C, I think a C game is like what you see in 2021 against Miami. Like it ends up being a fourth quarter game, and you know as long as you have the ball last, which I guess Miami had the ball last, but you know you if you have the ball in your hands in the fourth quarter to put the game away, you probably would be able to put the game away. Like I'm just I don't want to get too ahead of ourselves, but 
I just recognize how dominant Florida State has looked, how sharp, how crisp they look, how well coached they are, how disciplined they play, who's left on your schedule that could be a problem, and how they're not right. disciplined, how they're not well coached, Miami, Florida, that I just start wondering now about the future matchups that we talk about in late December. Because like those teams, the way those teams are coached, the athletes they have, man, they, they tackle Trey Benson on a 20-yard screen. Play. It is not an 80-yard touchdown. On a third and 18, they do not allow a draw play to score for a touchdown. You know, the, some of these situations, like we have not seen Florida State yet play since game week one like a real, true, balanced team. A team that actually has a quarterback with some receivers right. and, a, and a decent defense or a nasty defense and a pretty good offense. Like, that was Duke for two and a half quarters. And then it went away, and then you started running away with the game. So... Um, again, it's just this weird sort of balance where I'm, I'm trying to figure out, you know, do you think about the future or do you just enjoy the fact that they're probably going to be able to, to play their brand of football and get past the rest of the schedule? Yeah, it's hard not to, right? It's hard not to look ahead a little bit. Um, you know, I, I feel like, well, I'm certain that if they win, uh, on Saturday, they're in Charlotte. Yes. There's actually a chance that even if they somehow lose the last two ACC games, they're probably still in Charlotte, right? Because they would be tied with North Carolina. Yeah, and Louisville may or actually Louisville probably. Yeah, Louisville's the, only got one loss, yeah, so uh, yeah. you know, odds are they're probably already in Charlotte. At least they have a I don't know I don't know what the percentage is, but if they win this weekend uh, Saturday, they're in Charlotte, and it's it is hard not to look ahead because when you play, in my opinion, as well as they've played overall for the last month. Um, it's hard not to look at the schedule and go like, well, you shouldn't lose to that team. You shouldn't lose to that team. You should be, you, you quite honestly, you should be 11 and 0 going into the swamp. You can't, you can't ever just assume a win in the swamp, but you should, you'll be favored in that game, especially if you're 11 and 0. And who knows what their record will be at that point? They, uh, they did not, they, they did got, not play all that well against Georgia. Yeah, they got um, Arkansas. This, it's crazy, man. They got Missouri. They have a legitimate football game yes. before Florida State. Yeah, they do. They do. Um, and I think Georgia plays a legitimate football game before Ole Miss. I think or before Georgia Tech. I think Georgia plays Ole Miss the week. Yeah. I don't know what the SEC like. Just straight up switched their scheduling uh, model. It's uh, it's awesome. It's great. It makes that last weekend before Thanksgiving actually watchable. Um, I'm I'm all for it. But Florida State will be playing North Alabama. So, but anyway, so I I think when you look at how they played and you look at the relative weakness of the 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 four games that are left, none of them are ranked. Miami is probably the most talented of that group, but it's also in other games at Florida. And it's easy to think, man, they they should be 12-0 and playing Louisville or North Carolina and Charlotte for a place in the championship game. But again, I would just, I would just hesitate um, a little bit on that because of how much football we've watched the last few years and how no wins should be taken for granted, even against a pit team that I don't... Aslan, did you see what Narduzzi said after the game? Yeah, they might roll over on him. That they might, or they might like it. Might be their rallying cry. I, I it'll be very interesting. The you would think they would roll over. You would think he'd have to explain, send a mass text to the team or a mass email, have like five team meetings to try to explain his thoughts. But for the people that don't know, after Pitt got uh, absolutely lambasted by Notre Dame, uh, fifty-eight to seven, I think, and their starting quarterback threw four picks. Um, Narduzzi said, we lost a lot of good players in the transfer portal. I thought we got some 
ourselves, but we didn't. They lost Something, in the draft. They lost a lot of guys in the draft is what he oh, said. Oh, I also thought he said the portal hit him, and he thought they went to the portal and got good players, and they clearly didn't. Yeah. Something like that. Something I, I that's a bit of a paraphrase, but not much. So he basically said, we don't have good players. And, that, and he's like, well, that's on me. But he's basically calling his players not good, which – I don't know. People kind of took offense to it, but I mean, his me, players me have play eyeballs. It? You want me to play it? You want to listen to it? Oh, sure. Yeah, if you got it. There yeah. Go. When, when, you, when, you, when you lose like you lost today, you had a tough one last week. You know, why is it? You know, I'll go back. I mean, you, you, as a football coach, you, you know, you lose a lot of good players a year ago. You think as a coach, you're gonna, you know, you're gonna replace them. We obviously haven't. And um, you know, uh, you know, again, it starts with me. Um, and um, you know, I didn't, I didn't do a good enough job coaching today. And, you know, put it on, put it on me. Um, and um, I mean, we got to make plays. But they got to make plays, though, Corey. Put it on me, but they got to make plays. So I like yeah. that. I like and that, by the way. I thought we, uh, I thought we brought in whatever he said. I thought we brought in good players, but we yeah. we haven't. Yeah. Um. Yeah. No. And look, man, he's Pittsburgh is 116th in the nation in score and in total offense. They're 99th in scoring offense. Um, they somehow beat Louisville. Uh, if you watch that convincingly, game, convincingly. Yeah, but it was uh, it was a pick six. There was another interception, long return that set up a, a, a score. Uh, you know, their offense has been not great. And their defense clearly just kind of gave up on Saturday in, in South Bend. Even then, two of, two of Notre Dame scores. One was a pick interception return, a pick six. Another one was a punt return. Um, they, they are not they, – they should not they, – they, you are much better than them. And if you play well – uh, you should win convincingly. It is a little bit of a look-ahead game because they know what's coming the next week. Uh, but the one thing that you like about this team is I don't you don't see a lot of look-ahead in them, do you? Like they just they just go out there and they take care of business. They have stretches where they don't look good, but I don't think it's because they're just going through the motions no, or expecting no. to cruise. I I think they just it's the nature of sports. Sometimes you have a stretch where you don't play well for a portion of the game, but I think they they take every opponent seriously. Um, and I think they, they, you just look at what they've done. Like they take every opponent seriously. They, they don't seem to be a team that looks ahead. I'm again, I'm, if I had wood around me, I'd be knocking on it. Hold on. There we go. Um, but they just, they're, they're a grown up mature football team. And you know, when I was watching Georgia, uh, well, I didn't watch the game. I watched the highlights of the game mainly, uh, look, man, Georgia, the last against Kentucky, who by the way, has fallen off a cliff. And then, um, and then this game against Florida, again, not a great team, but Georgia looks exceptional. Georgia played great. They look uh, like, you know, they, they probably are the favorites to win a national championship, and they're number one in the country for a reason. And then you start thinking, well, Florida State, are they that good? Are they that talented? Mm. Uh, the answer is no, they're not. But is Georgia ha- does Georgia have a bunch of 23-year-olds and 22-year-olds? And, and grown men and dudes that have been in college football for four or five years and have come from the places that Florida State has come from that didn't just have, uh, you know, five star a five-star life since they were 16 years old. Florida State has that going for them. They're not as talented as Georgia. They're probably not as talented as Alabama. Uh, maybe Probably not as talented as Michigan. I guess the NFL draft will tell us the truth. But, man, Florida, you just love the makeup of the team because they do take every game seriously. They don't overlook anybody. They came out after probably their most exciting game of the year, save for LSU. That that game against Duke, just the crowd, the environment, the way they turned it on in the fourth quarter and rolled to that win, that had to be the most ex- one of the most exciting moments of the year. Maybe one of the most exciting moments in any of their college careers. The next week, they're playing a 4-3 and three Wake team that lucked into a win against Pittsburgh at noon on a Saturday in front of 31,000 fans. And they're up 34-7 to seven at half. 
and had a touchdown taken away on a hold. Like they went out there and kind of annihilated them. I just, I, I love that mindset. I love the mindset that they've shown uh, the last few weeks. Really, the whole season, save for the second half against Boston College. Yeah. What's crazy? I was looking at. I'm trying to see like mock drafts and on the fly here, and like Keon and Jared are sure a lock. I want to say to be first round picks. Seems that way, yeah. Yeah, and um, I'm trying to see just any Georgia player, and you have to get down to like into the mid twenties before you see a Georgia player pop up, and like a Marius Mims. I don't know when they PFF published this, but he was he's like you the, mean Benedict Arnold? Yeah, some some call him that. Some yeah. call him that. Yeah, him and Kamari Lasseter, who I guess is the cornerback for George. Like those are the two players that are also like first round picks. Like so, I don't know. Maybe once the draft rolls on into days two and three, maybe Georgia. But also this back. year, right? Like right, they have right. some guys that are underclassmen yeah. that are going to be that are great, but they're not draft eligible yet. Yeah. Meaning, again, you have a you have. But this is your year Green. then. But this is your year then. That's, That's what I'm saying. Yeah. That's what I'm saying. You look around the country, and even though Georgia is more talented than you, um, pro- probably from player one to player eighty five. Um, they have more depth there. By the way, Marvin Jones Jr. played in that game and played pretty early. Mm. I think he might be part of the rotation now. He's a redshirt freshman. So, um, but anyway, my point being, you know, they, they have a more talented roster one to 85, but you can't, there's, there's no price tag for there, – there's no substitute for that kind of experience and just being a being in a college weight room for four or five years. It, I, I just think I, I'm, I'm really interested if Florida State can get there. And, again, I, I it is a big if. Trust me, I know that. Um, I, I just want to see how they match up with one of these uh, what is What is a big teams. if? A big if they can make the playoff? That's a big if to you? I mean, it's a probably what a sixty percent proposition at this point. That's not a big if. That's more than well, likely. It's, I mean, it's a, yeah, it's a it's a medium sized if. It's a fifty fifty proposition at best, probably at this point. No, no, they they have a better chance than that. They're going to be favored by double digits. If they keep winning, they'll be favored by double digits in every game they play. But again, I just say it's college football, so they have to go undefeated. Uh, they have to win their next five games, um, and the odds of that are probably fifty five to sixty percent. But if they get there. I want to see what this team of grown men experienced from all these different uh, uh, journeys that they've gotten to versus the all-star team, the high school team, the the, the Under Armour All-Americans. What does that look like? Because I don't think it'll look like the TCU game last year. Hmm. I just – and and when, when you break it all down, you know, I was thinking about when I was watching the game on Saturday, um, or when it was 10 to 7. I'm like, man, at the end of the day, this is Mitch Griffiths versus Jordan Travis. Mm-hmm. This isn't a matchup. Right. And then you look at the game this week. And again, thing, crazy things happen. I get it. I'm not jinxing anything because I'm calling it ahead of time that crazy things happen. But it's Jordan Travis versus who? Christian A kid Vino. that just threw four picks. Yeah. Yeah. And he, he got benched. Is it going to be Jerkovich? Are they going to go back to him? Like the kid just threw four interceptions. I think Narduzzi finally admitted the other week that uh, he has been practicing a tight end a little bit. He finally admitted. Yeah, but he said he also was a quarterback, Jerkovich. So, but he didn't play in that game. So maybe they stay with the freshman. But he did not look very good against the best defense he's seen this year. Uh, Florida State's probably not as good defensively as Notre Dame, but they're in the same ballpark. But anyway, it's Jordan Travis versus him, and then it's Jordan Travis versus Mertz. And it's Jordan Travis versus Taylor Van Dyke. Tyler. Like it's Tyler. Sorry, whatever. I'll call you Tyler when you stop throwing picks. I'll get your name right when you stop throwing picks, man. Good grief. 
just make normal throws. You got good dudes. Um, by the way, and they have the best kicker in the world. I was that at, guy is lights out. I'm a, they're gonna. I'm a, they won't make. I'm a, they're not gonna make overtime. The football gods will punish them for not playing no. aggressively here. They're not gonna make this field goal. They're gonna lose right here. And the kid just starched it from like Man, 48 yards. It would yards. have been good if the if the posts were two yards wide. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it was crazy. It's right down the middle and he crushed it. That kid, and he's the brother of the other kid they had during yeah. COVID. Yeah, the Borgales family, man. Yeah. The Borgales, they're like the Zendejas of <laughs> the 2020s, the man. The Grammaticas. They're coming out of nowhere. The Aguayos. Yeah, nuts. Yeah. Uh, that's a good pipeline to get in on. Yeah. Yeesh. Uh, better than the Aguayos. Because yeah. well. the Aguayos had Ricky Oh, hey, come on. We love you, Ricky. Well, I'm not. Hey, Ricky. Well, I was going to style. Uh, hey, there's some stuff you well, did. Yeah, I was a yeah, huge fan yeah, of. Yeah, Ricky, come I'll, on. I will gloss over that. But you you clearly want Roberto. Roberto is one of the best of all time. You you were not. Uh, but, but yeah, so when, when everything is said and done, you've got Jordan Travis, and you've got a competent, good defense. Yeah. And let's not forget, and, I, and that's underselling the defense. I think the defense is good. Uh, but it's, that was the one question mark. But you've got Jordan Travis, man. And you've also got Keon Coleman, who we have not even talked about really at all because we just come to expect him to make those kind of plays because he's awesome. He is the best. He is probably the best skill player Mike Norvell has coached. He is probably the best skill player Mike Norvell will ever coach. And ah. it's cool. We get him for a year. We get to watch him up close for a year because he's awesome. And his personality is great. Um, just everything about him and the way he carries himself is just, I think it exudes, it's, it exudes exactly what you want that receiver room to exude. Like he is awesome. He knows it. And I think it, I think it rubs off on his teammates. They're all very humble. Um, and he is too, in, in a certain way, but he's also in a funny way. Yeah. In a funny way he is. Yeah. yeah. But he's, he's supremely confident and you need a couple yes. of those guys. So yeah, absolutely. Like, you need it. a verse. You, you, so yes. I, I don't know. I don't know that he doesn't have the same personality as Burrs, who, by the way, got stitches. I don't know if you watched, if you guys watched our uh, post game interviews, but he got stitches. That's why he left for about, I don't know, 10 plays, 12 from that, plays. From that eye poke? Yeah. He got, uh, he Oof. didn't, he said he didn't know how many it was, but he had stitches. Jeez. Um, uh, yeah. And so that's why he was gone for about 10 minutes. They were stitching him up and then he came out there and got two sacks. I don't think Coleman has that personality like he's the alpha in the room. Like uh, the champ is here, like Jared Verse would be, but man, he just knows he's awesome. You know, you see the the clips of him shaking a guy and then laughing at or pointing at him, even on a run play. You see him just catch a ball one handed as if he's in the backyard with his nephew, and he's in a college football game against a scholarship cornerback, and he's just catching it one handed and just like, yep, this is what I do. And the way he dismissed the kid, the same kid. Mm on the little the two-yard catch that he turned into a 30-yard touchdown, plus all the other plays he's made, you just you can't help but go into every game you play the rest of the way knowing, saying to yourself, well, every, they, they might play well. They might play above their heads. Well, we've got 13, we've got number four, and we've got number five on defense. And, and also, yeah, and that doesn't even count Jaheim Bell, Trey Benson, Johnny Wilson, hmm. Morlock. I, the 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 other defensive lines love it. Fisk, Peyton, Shaheem, like you just you Farmer. just got a lot of really good yeah. football players, man. Yeah. Renardo, you've got some really good football players, good special teams. There's no reason you shouldn't win out. You might football happens, you might not. 
But after the last month, specifically these last two or three games where they have kind of just taken control and putting a chokehold on the game when it mattered, when the game was in doubt, there's no reason you shouldn't win these the next four games you yeah. just i you know i just think they've been they've been really impressive here lately yeah i, I know people are yelling like that needs to the oklahoma game and it's like man like kansas though again like kansas that that lance leopold guy like this is just what he does like he just seems to have like a really disciplined sound football team year in and year out like it's been texas getting the business yeah. every year since he's been at kansas weird weather um and like oklahoma got it like it was oklahoma's turn to get like I don't think Pitt, you know, Miami, again, man, Miami has talent, but yeah. I just don't think they're well-coached enough to overcome being on the road and playing a team that's more talented than they are. Well, I, I think they're the ones, though, that if you play – in Florida, too, because it's at the Swamp, but if you play a C-plus game, they can get you. If, they, if have you play play C, they have to play A's. They have to yes. play the best, game, the best games of their seasons, and you have to play Correct. a C to win. I, yes, right, and I, but I think they could get you. Like, they have the potential to do that. Pitt, you would not think that if you'd ha- even if you play a C game, not an F, which means like five turnovers, a block punt, uh, you know, just a defense plays awful. If you just play a C game, I don't think Pitt has enough to do it, get you. No matter how well they play, they don't have the potential to play that A game that can beat you when you play a C. Miami does, and Florida does because of you know they got some playmakers. They do have some dudes on offense, and uh, you know Mertz isn't gonna Mertz isn't gonna beat them. He's not going to have four turnovers. Hmm. Uh, so, yeah, he's a veteran guy, too. But, yeah, man, it's it's hard not to look ahead for the whole last month. We're in November now, essentially, and it's hard not to look ahead and think how close they are, how they're staring down 12-0. and 0. Hmm. They're staring it down. Like I said, they'll be double-digit favorites. They're 22-point favorites this week. Uh, they'll probably be, I would guess, 14-17 to 17 if they win this week, which they, you, gosh, you hope they do. Um, they should be 14-17-point to 17 point favorites against Miami, I would think. Um and then we'll see after that. But there's a chance they're double-digit favorites the rest of the way. Which, also, if they win this week, it guarantees a 10-win season. Which Oh, stop keep, it. We're past that. Keep stacking that. those bad boys up. Yeah. Just keep stacking them up. Yeah. That's a good That's a good first bucket, uh, uh, first box to check. Yeah, let's talk about that here in a second. But first, though, mybookie.ag promo code is WARCHANT. That's an instant cash deposit promo code for first-time customers over at mybookie.ag. I mean... Jordan Travis says disrespectful covering Keon Coleman one-on-one. I say it's disrespectful that Bo Nix and Jaden Daniels are ahead of him right now and have better slash shorter odds. Penixil, your odds on favorite at plus 265. J.J. McCarthy, plus 285. Jordan Travis, fifth at plus 770. Marvin Harrison Jr. nipping at his heels at plus 1250. So craziness. Um, you should have gone in at the plus 1250 we told you about at the mm. season start, but yep. this is probably the last exit before he has a showcase game against Miami and does something big, and then he starts getting into like the plus 300 range. So do that as you will. Shout out to Corey, 2-0 and last week on his picks. Let's go, because I got to pick up myself, and I didn't just do it off the, off the cuff. I actually took about six minutes to figure out what I wanted to bet on. But I forget what my bets were, so you got to remind me. He's been allowed to do that all year, folks. He's just chosen I, I know, not no, to do fault. it. That's my fault, yeah. You picked Syracuse to get hammered by Virginia Tech. Yes. Yeah, and you laughed at Miami getting 19.5 against Virginia. So I didn't just win those bets. Cro- I, I mean, won them easy, convincingly. Easy street. You guys, if you took Corey's picks, you 
you cruised. Meanwhile, I uh, biffed on my over on Boston College UConn. And we, yeah, what happened there? I don't know. I don't That's know. A weird game. And we just skated by on the Wisconsin-Ohio State game. It was plus 14 and a half. Mm. And, like, Wisconsin had the ball with, like, no shot. And I'm like, man, they're going to throw a pick yeah. six, and they're going to lose by 21, and we're going to – but, no, they, they didn't. And then Ohio State took mercy. So I have uh, remained 1-1 one and one on the year. Corey, though, surging at 2-0. and oh. Tune in on Thursday. We'll yep. give you our picks again for the week. MyBookie.ag promo code WARCHANT. All right, Corey, on the way out, you talked about 10 wins. I poo-pooed it. Yeah, a little bit, but, you know, not entirely. Clemson not going to enjoy that this season. Nope. Uh, nope. It is a mathematical impossibility for them to win 10 games, so their streak ends. They did not eclipse Florida State's run from the dynasty era. Sorry, Dabo. Um, man, they lost in North Carolina State. and You know, Klubnik not looking great. Um it's our conference again, huh? For however long we're in this conference. I mean, it seems like it. We'll see how the next month goes because you got to play somebody in Charlotte. But uh, yeah, man, it it uh, there. I wouldn't say real trouble, but if he doesn't change his philosophy, which I, you know, for me, I would think this is rock bottom for Dabo. Like he thought he was going to get fired after whatever it's the 2010 season, and then he got a, the, you know, the the AD gave him a vote of confidence, and he, you know, the program took off. And since then, he's experienced nothing but incredible success. And now he's four and four. I think he's five and six in his last 11 games versus the Power Five. And again, it reminds me of when Florida State was going downhill with Bobby. Because when they started, sorry, Coach Bowden, I don't know why I called him Bobby, like we're buddies or we're equals. Um, and, uh, and When you see him in the afterlife, going, though, you're going to say, hey, Bobby, or will you say, hey, Coach, how you been? I'll say, hey, buddy. Okay. Because that's how he greet me. <laughs> you don't remember my name, do you, Coach? <laughs> no, that's right. Uh, so, uh, but I would, uh, but, but, but I always remember that. And this was before I even started covering the team. I was just following them as a as a fan that grew up with them. They would always point out how they were just barely losing these games. We're so close. We're a play here and a play there. We're two plays away, and Clemson has been. They're a play away from beating Florida State. They're a couple of plays away from beating Duke, even though that was twenty eight seven. Obviously, they're a play away from beating Miami and a play away from beating uh, NC State. They're all one-score games. But the real Clemson would never be in a game in the fourth quarter with three of those four teams. Hmm. The fact that you're in close games is the problem. And I don't know if Dabo has realized that yet and if it matters to him yet. Because I think it, we'll see what kind of competitor he is. Because to keep up in the, this day and age in college football, he has to change his philosophy. He just has to. He, this ain't work. This ain't cutting it, man. You just lost a, a pretty mediocre NC State team, and your offense is awful. And you promoted from within. We've seen all this before. We saw it in Tallahassee 20 years ago with a pretty headstrong coach that had enjoyed incredible success and knew better than everyone. And and it even happened to him. So it'll be really interesting and fascinating what happens to Dabo. Um, and that's something to clock as we as we go, go into the offseason, as we go into December and then into next year, is how's he going to handle the portal in the NILs? This, you're just going to keep doing what you're doing because I, I have a feeling the fans aren't going to be happy. I also wonder about the players. Like, might have a few more guys in the portal than you're used to. Hmm. Like leaving the program. Hmm. And how are you going to replace them? Uh, Klubnik, man. Klubnik, is he done? Like, is he there, Chris Ricks, in the sense that showed some promise but then kind of got beat down by the losses and the mistakes and never came close to reaching his full potential because of 
the scars that he got the first year, year and a half, happened to DJ. So this is two quarterbacks in a row now where you start to think, okay, well, maybe it's not the quarterback. Also, uh, what's going on in Colorado? Are they? Is this still a big deal? Is Fox is is Big Noon Fox going to be in Boulder for this game coming up next week, or is that just are we done with that? Was that a uh, a brief blip in time? Uh, the the deionization of college football. Yeah, they they had to take advantage of it while they had it. They knew what was going sure. on. They're like, all right, well, these are winnable games. We'll do what we can. Um, yeah, and yeah, he. It's funny. Like Narduzzi threw his team kind of under the bus, and it's like, ooh. And then I think after the game. Dion was asked about offensive lines like yeah it's really easy we just got to go find better guys plain and simple well and he said something about he was asked about Shadur I think took like an injection a pain injection at halftime um, and he mentioned yeah well the, the real injection we need is better offensive linemen oh. which is true it is. Um, it is but I mean right now their recruiting class is not great I mean I know they're going to hit the portal but is this kid going to come back and play another year to do this again to get beat up again because there's no guarantee that this line is going to be great. Um, yeah, man, it was a it was a cool story while it lasted. Travis Hunter is incredible. Mm. He's unbelievable. As I don't know if you saw the interception he had on Saturday. The, the kid is just a freak. But you know what? He played one year in Jackson, Mississippi. Nobody watched. He played another year in Boulder. They're four and four. Meanwhile, the team he was committed to for two years is eight and zero, number four in the country. So. Mm. Pretty cool. Pretty cool turn of events considering how all of us fought, felt, and I know all of you did, and when would that have been? December of 2021? Yes. And here we are less than two years later. Travis Hunter is living in Colorado for a mediocre football team, playing for a mediocre football team, and playing a million snaps. <laughs> He's basically an ultra marathoner. And... And your team that you cheer for that you thought, okay, well, this might be rock bottom. We just lost the number one player in the country to a FCS school. Well, now you're 8-0 and number four in the country. And you have a Heisman candidate quarterback. So it's all it's all coming together. It's all coming together. Just keep it going. Is this real life? Uh, man, How isn't it awesome? Happened? It's it's just great, man. It's just it's really neat. And I wrote about that in the uh in the column I wrote after the game. It's just like it's I, it's not normal for an entire sta- side of a stadium to be Florida State when you're on, when it's a road game. Just like I don't think it's normal for the night the Duke game being like that, or three straight sellouts for that matter, uh, when it's Syracuse, Virginia Tech, and Duke. But tell me this fan base is not in love with this team mm. and in love with this coach, and it's so starving. It was so starving that it's just – I love the fact that this fan base really does seem to have appreciate what they're watching, appreciate the turnaround, and just, um, you know, kind of embrace the success and ride with it as long as you can because it's certainly not guaranteed uh, like we all thought it was back in the day. It's really cool, man, to see this fan base show up like this. And just go ahead and win. Go ahead and beat Pitt like you're supposed to. Beat them. Don't give them a game. Don't even make it a game. And I cannot wait to see what that environment is for Saturday night against Miami. Assuming it's a Saturday night. I guess I don't know that. But that stadium is going to be incredible, Aslan, for Miami. I hope they win. I hope they beat NC State. So they come in, whatever they're coming, 7-2. and two. Maybe it's still game day. Maybe it's a night game. I hope it is a night game. But, man, that crowd is going to be out of control. It's just cool to see this fan base get this excited again because we lived through all the the, uh, the horror 
of the previous four years. Gosh, we sound we sound like we're Nebraska fans. Like we've been lost in the wilderness for like twenty years. And I was like, Yeah, we had a bad stretch there for six years. But hey. Not even six. It was what, yeah. seventeen to twenty one? Yeah. So yeah, and one of them was a COVID year that doesn't count. So four and a half bad years. Not terrible. Not twenty or twenty like uh twenty like Nebraska or twenty like Miami. Ah, oh, good times. All right. Feels good. Feels yeah, good. It does. Uh, we're going to go talk to the coaching staff. Uh, you should listen to those interviews and the Jeff Cameron show from one to three o'clock. Uh, Warchant.com will have the summary of the press conferences up on the site. Corey feels like he's got something to say. I did want. Oh, did you hear me take a, you heard that? I heard that contemplative. Yeah. We've heard. Oh, that's something. I didn't know you could hear that. I didn't know you could pick that up. Uh, oh, yeah. I was going to ask you. So when Keon scores the first touchdown and he's in Robert Griffin, the third oh, God. says, what did you hear? Do you remember what he said? He put his he, down on his he knees. He put him on his knees. Like it's the toilet. Like a toilet or a toilet seat. What what does that mean? Are you talking about throwing up into a toilet? Yeah, that's what I thought. I don't know how it tied into what Keon did to him. But then he also well, didn't. He also reminded us all of the, the famous acronym HBO for help a brother out. Mm. So, I mean... You got to watch it in person and see all those great Florida State fans. I got to listen to Robert Griffin III wax poetic. And what are you making Stephanie do all night back I there? I mean, I didn't know she was going to be that loud. Uh, she 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 told me she wasn't going to be that loud. <laughs> she said it was – she's telling me right now it was an accident. So uh, I, you don't have to hear me yell at her, which I would not. Uh, you guys know I love I love Stephanie. I'm not yelling at her. I only yell at Brady. Uh, but I think she's making us ribs Ooh. for dinner. All right. Like, oh, but you know what? I did get to ride the elevator down with RG3 after the game. Was he still in his Halloween costume? He was. He was going straight to the airport, and he said he needed to change before that. Because and, and somebody was like, yeah, I don't know if TSA is going to be all cool with you walking in looking mm. like this. And I thought, because he had, did you see his costume? Because yeah, he was dressed like Harry Potter. Yeah, I guess, yeah. I've never seen Harry Potter, when but he, I assume that's what it was. When he walked by me, I thought he was dressed up as Andre 3000. Ooh, that the wig. And it would have been yes. an awesome costume. Yes. But then somebody else told me it was Harry Potter, and I'm like, oh yeah, all right, I guess. Uh, but if that was if he was being Andre three thousand, that would have been an incredible costume. Dude, walk off. That's a that's a way to end the show. Uh, we're done. We told you everything. Thumbs up, all that stuff. We'll be back tomorrow. Thanks for listening. He's Corey Maslon. Thanks for listening to Wake Up War Champ presented by the Corner Pocket Bar and Grill.